What's good, Internet? Welcome to session 96 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your all-powerful host, Joel DeWitt. I would like to thank my family and friends, because without them, I would still be playing Kingdom Hearts 1. My kids would still be subjected to be fighting the last boss in Kingdom Hearts 1. Clarification. With me this week in a crazy turn of events is racing legend Phil Arona, because we're contractually obligated to have an Arona at least <laughs> twice a month. Uh, Phil, thanks for saving us this week. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Joel. Uh, I am ready and have been uh, hunting monsters with my boys uh, all week on Nintendo Switch. Very nice. Me too, me too. Uh, also with us in a surprise turn of events, we have Alec Parks rounding out our trio. I must say, uh, thank you for being my deep rock Sherpa. Anytime. I'm always glad to bring some green beards in. I'm always playing, and you know, why aren't we playing right now? Time is minerals. Rock and stone! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> While I do appreciate the term green beard, uh, let's go ahead and roll into it. Uh, this week we're going to get hollow in the backlog blog, hit some crunch time in the news, but first, early adopters where we play alphas, betas, and games that had a motion picture released about them in the last three months. But hey, who remembers that? Uh, Phil, <laughs> I think you and I are the ones that played this first one here. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise had a demo on Switch. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it was sort of a... I mean, they, they do the whole limited thing where you can only play it a certain number of times. Yeah, 30 but, times. But th- yeah, it's like 30 times. So it's like how many times are you going to play this thing? But... Uh, why don't you uh, start off the conversation with this? So with uh, Monster, Monster Hunter Rise, I mean, anyone who's played Monster Hunter World will feel right at home uh, once you get uh, into the game setting. But uh, So the demo gives you 30 la- game launches or game sessions. And I'll tell you, uh, my son's eaten up about 15 of them already. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? He's been ripping through it. And I've been doing some playing myself just... Uh, uh, going through the, the through the tutorial missions, and, and that's the thing is with this demo, you get um, a tutorial mission that to, you know teaches you how to do some of the moves, and then mm-hmm. they give you a couple of uh, just a couple simple hunting missions, one beginner and one intermediate, and it really gives you a feel for the game if you've never played it before. You know, it immerses you into the because what it does is it just drops you right into a map. There's no like city hub or anything, at least in this demo. I'm sure there probably will be one, just like there was in Monster Hunter World. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But with this, they just drop you right into the the jungle, and you know, and they they point you in the direction. There's a little arrow that says, "Okay, you know, your monsters this way," and you can bring up your map. And just like the Monster Hunter World, it gives you a live map, so it, you know, it's it's pretty uh, intuitive. Yeah, you know. So, I, go ahead, go ahead, Alec. I have to ask about the setting for it. Are we advanced at all, or are we still effectively in the Stone Age? Uh, so. With the other one where it was a lot of jungle, uh, this world feels a lot more, uh, I want to say, uh, eastern, or uh, it's it's very almost like uh, at least some of the the uh, constructs that you see are very Asian. So it, it's almost like you're like in like Southern Asia, like you know Vietnam and um, like Laos and like Southern China. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's not the the setting, but that's what it feels like. You know, some of the huts that you run into, it feels like it takes place in a different part of the world. A- Alec, See, that's yeah. How, how many uh, Monster Hunters have you played? I have played a grand total of three of them. Okay. All right. Uh, so, I mean, you, you know that 
in most monster hunters the separate zones feel like totally different like areas but you're talking about like almost time period wise what kind of yeah i i feel like most of these are sort of like a pre-industrial revolution kind of thing where it's hunter gatherer type stuff but i don't know enough about the larger lore to know and and that's kind of been my biggest gripe with them i understand why people like this style of game and i've tried to like it but after so many games you'd think that the world would advance or something i i don't know i i think i mean i think they could go that route but i think part of the problem is that the whole loop of the game is based off of killing these monsters over and over to gain materials so you can upgrade your equipment based off of their mats and it, it's meant to feel like a frontierism. I mean, even Monster Hunter World, the whole story start was basically like you're taking this airship <laughs> to to the wild west of these lands, right? And I, I I would guess that people who really love this series liked that about it. Um, but well, sure. Uh, there was another game that came out who I am having a bear of a time trying to remember that I also played. It's on Epic Game Store now. Um, it's free to play. It's got that same Monster Hunter vibe, but there's technology, there's guns, yeah. there's airships, there's, you know. It sounds like sure. da- da- is that World. Dauntless? Yeah, Dauntless, that's it. Yeah, my son Enzo plays that one a lot. How, how does that compare to a Monster Hunter? Oh, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I. So I mean, I, the tone, the setting doesn't bother me that much, and I'm, I'm sorry that's a, a thorn in your side, Alec. Um, I, I don't think you're gonna get much of a change from this, from what prior Monster Hunters are, and I mean, where Monster Hunter World was felt like this open, expansive space. Uh, most nintendo monster hunters are in the same vein of like the the psp one it's they're smaller contained uh sections you you have a very strict like segments of a map that you have to sort of go to uh phil you're right in that like they do use some of the improvements that monster hunter world had like one of the thorns in my side when i played monster hunter try on wii was that you had to like so like gathering and hunting for the materials you need to go on a hunt is part of it anyway but in uh try and before you had things like your grindstone which uh you had to like go find the materials to produce a number of them because they would wear out and break and and it doesn't seem like the grindstones here have that uh problem um how many of the weapons do you play with, Phil? Or what weapons do you typically go for? Uh, typically, I usually go for the switch axe. That's my okay. favorite weapon. Um, All right. And then, you know, I've played a couple times with the basic uh, sword and shield. And then, was it the the grand sword? The big-ass the big sword? Mm-hmm. I like something uh, that could do I it. I do always love that aspect of these types of games. The ridiculous-sized weapons. Oh, yeah. Are fantastic. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're very cloud strife. <laughs> <laughs> just just big ass weapon that is defies all logic uh so I, I don't know about you phil but i i did find that so i i usually either do dual blades or the hammer uh dual blades if i want to be a quick and zippy hammer if i just want to really get the big hits in 
But I'm not sure if it's a frame rate issue, but it felt slower than Monster Hunter World. Uh, it did. Yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that first mission is, it's a nice and easy mission, low risk, <laughs> just sort of like Len, you did a twain with stuff. So I, I ran that a few times and just, I, I, I found myself having more of a problem than I expected with the hammer, hammer because that's already a slow weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And without having some way to boost your mobility a bit, like in, in worlds, you could sort of slide down a hill and then do like a running, jumping, swinging motion in the air on them and, and stuff like that. And I didn't run across enough hills to try that out. But uh, did you get a chance to try out the little like uh, uh, firefly rope thing? Are you talking about the, um, well, I know they had the the grappling hook that allowed yes. you to jump yeah, to, to get and get yeah. like sky attacks yeah. in. Yes, I played with that a little bit. Um, it's a little more difficult with the switch axe, at least in my uh, in my brief experience. I know yeah. that at least with the with the Monster Hunter World, there are certain weapons and certain moves that you really have to time with your uh, with your character's motions and kind of mm-hmm. understand where the animations stop and where the next ones begin to really chain those attacks. And right. I, I kind of felt like I had to relearn that here. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. It uh, it feels like both that grappling hook and your ability to kind of run up walls and around walls a bit are going to be really important in this version to be able to keep that mobility if you don't have a quicker-paced weapon or a ranged weapon. Or especially, I, uh, yeah, if you have to take down some flying monsters this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I appreciate the added verticality to that, because Lord knows, like... One of the frustrations of World, if I had any, was that they're, they're these big, expansive open spaces, but you don't necessarily have much agency in how you handle a wall like that. But I, I could see some really cool combos being able to be thrown up through that. You know, sort of like maybe use the grappling hook to the wall, get to the wall, do a jump back, and, <laughs> you know, fly up and hit the monster in the face or something. But uh, I think it's going to take a little more finesse than I had time to do with this demo so far uh can i ask how old is your son that plays monster hunter uh he's six. Oh, you're starting him young then okay. oh yeah he loves okay. dauntless and unfortunately he just got hooked on uh fortnite so that's the other thing oh Ugh. okay um, my six-year-old can't even play mario kart <laughs> Everybody takes their own time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I tried to delay my kids from touching much of video games as long as I could, because I was like, once I started, it's gonna go down a path where they're gonna be all about it. And of course, you know, we got to about six for my oldest, and, and everything. It, it's it's that and uh, YouTubers. Oh <laughs> God! Just, don't get me started. Well, my my kids have no idea who YouTubers are and stuff. It's it's good. I'm happy. <laughs> I, I envy you. Like, he's not trolling the the YouTube app. What happened is that if you go on Amazon Prime, some of these YouTubers have, like, series on there where it's just certain episodes of the recordings they've done in YouTube for their shows. So, like, he'll find... Uh, he found found some guy named Zebra Gamer that basically just does nothing but Minecraft. And, oh God, uh, yeah, uh, Enzo. That's how he found yeah Zebra Gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, a couple of others. What's his favorite one? Uh, another guy who does my, uh, Minecraft. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know why I can't yeah. remember his name because he talks about it every single day. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you just eventually start droning it out a little yep. bit. <laughs> You're not wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess uh, Annoying Orange, that's another one my son loves for some reason. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I would have loved it at that age, too. But All right, uh, do we have anything else to talk about with Monster Hunter Rise? No, uh, um, I think my son is pretty much uh, guaranteed that I'm going to be buying it for his birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, anymore, that's that's the most uh, purchases we end up having, too, are the games for the kids than ourselves. But uh, at least, hopefully, that's something you can get some time into, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's who it was. Preston Plays. Oh, my God. My mm-hmm. son just he absolutely watches that every day. I say, okay. Half an hour, that's it. You're not doing any more. Yeah, yeah. D- does your son watch any of the, like, the scary game videos like Five Nights at Freddy's? Oh, I or- won't. No, I don't let him touch those. <laughs> uh, my, my kids are just sitting there watching stuff on PBS Kids. Yeah, that's that's a good tact. I, uh, I miss uh, when my kids used to watch that uh what was it called? I still get my boys to do it. They watch Wild Kratts. That's their favorite. Yep. That's a good yep. one. Uh, we used to like Ped Plus Cat a lot. It was always nice and zany. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can't go wrong with Word Girl. Nope. Nope. That's right. All right. Uh, while we're on the subject of beating up things, that was a bad transition. Uh, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah. Phil, uh, you... Uh, we're one of us that actually got around to Mad Streets. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was an alpha demo out there. Uh, we were all planning on playing it, but Alec and I, like the slackers we are, we waited till today to download it and saw that it is no longer there. Uh, so, Phil, please uh, please let us know what we missed. All right. Uh, so, Mad Streets is uh, a very... Uh, it's it's a beat 'em up brawler in very much the same vein of uh, something like Combat Tribes almost. If you ever played that arcade, it's like a three player arcade where you're running around beating up people. But it well, it, it has the physics of um, oh great, there goes my forty year old brain. <laughs> <laughs> Gang beasts. Yeah. Yes. So you got people the- flopping around and and the physics are kind of very claymation-y, wonky kind of, like you go to open a door and it's I think I described this when we were uh, talking right before we started recording, it's very Muppet. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like I'll go to the uh, the flailing arms and like the I went to go run into the next room for the next uh, event so or the next uh, portion of the tutorial, and it's like his arms are like flying back, and his heads jump back, and his mouth is open, like yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm looking at a video right now, and it's it is definitely flailing arms. It's like the movements are slow but very fluid. Yeah, which which is interesting. Oh, like, oh yeah, it's like, and I like the fact that they give you they give you the ability to block up to, to mm-hmm. block your. Block uh, hits to your face, block to the body, and you throw you know upper hits, lower hits. So they do mix it up. It's not, you know, it wasn't just you know swinging kind of like Gang Beast was. You know, they do actually give you a fighting mechanic there. 
Oh, I'm, I'm seeing a piece of it being played in an octagon like uh, UFC. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, it's made me think of, uh, I, I used to be real big into the, the early UFC games on, like, PlayStation 3. But uh, this this does have, like, an interesting vibe. Like, I, I see the Dane Beast in it, right? But it weirdly looks a little more precise than that, uh, based on what I'm seeing. I, I like the character styles. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it is very... Uh, like tough and rumble guys uh, fighting in street alleys and stuff. It, it it intrigues me, and I regret that I didn't get a chance to play it. <laughs> it yeah, well, it, and the precision was what really drew me to it over Gang Beast. Gang Beasts is really fun, but it's almost too chaotic. It feels more luck-like than skill-like. So here's... Yeah, so here's where that came in. When you're playing like a a campaign, or at least in the the demo, they walk you through the tutorial and they go through the combat stuff. And when it's one on one, <clears throat> the fighting mechanic is definitely more precise, where you're blocking, dodging, and you know going for an, uh, you know hitting to the face, hitting to the body. But when uh, the other part of the demo mode is you do a, a four player brawl, where it's you versus you know two or three CPU players. And what, once everybody's swinging and throwing things at each other, it quickly becomes a game of gang beasts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Hmm. Which isn't the worst. Like I said, oh, no. gang beasts is fun. No, but like it, it's also different playing Dane beasts with other people and then playing versus CPUs, right? Uh, I, oh, I yeah. mean, a, a lot of what makes Dane beasts great is sitting in the same room with people the the yelling and hooting and hollering as people like hang on for dear life or you know grab victory from the jaws of defeat and and just the the wackiness of like the costumes and, and the hats and stuff and i uh i assume you're fighting cpus on this film yeah 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 so i i i wonder do, do you think this is something that would have legs if you played it uh as a single player thing or, or does it feel like something you would really need to have people to play it with to get I think where they were going is they were trying to go for both like I said uh, when you're doing the four player thing you know they put you in a kind of an arena you know you could choose your area you could pick up objects from you know around the area pick up you know bottles and throw them at each other and uh, you know, pick up boxes and toss them in, you know, weights, you know, you find like a random weight on the floor and swing it at somebody's head so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's a lot of it's a lot of fun as a multiplayer game. Uh, if they do have like a, a decent campaign, or you gotta you know kind of move through the stage and do a double dragon type beat 'em up, you know that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I I like the way this looks, and I I did add it to my wish list because I I think this looks up my alley because I'm a big uh, mark for beat 'em ups, but. I- but your comparison to Gang Beasts is exactly why I didn't add it to my wish list. <laughs> People aren't coming to my house and playing games. I will probably <laughs> end up playing this at Alex's house. At some oh yeah, point. and it's right. like I said, if if the first player, if the, the single player campaign mode, uh, you know, does have any depth to it, uh, like I said, this you know it could be very similar to something like Combat Tribes that arcade uh, beat 'em up, or even a, almost like Toeball Number One. If you guys ever played that, oh, that's a gap in my experience. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, that was a, a 3D kind of beat 'em up where you have to, you know, pick up items and use them, and you know, find a key to open a door, that kind of stuff. 
I, I'm looking up combat tribes now because I'm curious. I have never heard of this before. Wow. Oh yeah, that's one of those you know arcades that's, you go to, and there's you know three you know three players you know just beating up a bunch of other people and running through the stages. A lot of fun. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's very colorful too. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that was Mad Streets. I uh, I think two out of three podcasters approve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disapprove. I just not putting it on my wish list because of the nature of the community play. The community play. Come on, come on, Alec. Have a take and, and be firm behind it. <laughs> no, I just, I'm not putting it on my wish list because I'll play it at Alex's. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, uh, Alec. I'm gonna let you talk now. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we played two games that you didn't touch. I, I did sort of foist this last one on upon everybody since you and I failed to hit Mad Streets. The next one was a game jam build of a game called Kingdom Tetris. Uh, why don't you describe Kingdom Tetris? Oh, Kingdom Tetris. So it is a combination Tetris and, well, Kingdom Builder. Yeah. You've got the, right? How much the name says what you get. Yep. Uh, you've got this tiny island that has gaps and is surrounded by water. And coming down off the side are a few of your generic Tetris pieces. Tetranominoes. Tetranominoes, yes. You've got the four-piece uh, T. You've got the Z-looking one. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've got a straight. And there's a single piece that shows up occasionally. Right. You have to... Click on these pieces, bring them over, and have them touching your landmass to place them, and it expands your kingdom. Occasionally, also, you get fields, and you get castles and forests and things that you can place then on your landmass. Yep. After you get to so many points, your play area expands. All that sounds very personal, you know, touching your landmass to have it expand, that's just... Uh, oh, yes. Mm, gotta we, touch my landmass. We, we haven't even gotten to seducing the news yet. <laughs> Hang on, news. We'll yeah, be your Bill, soon. gee, keep it in your pants. <laughs> uh, where the difficulty comes into it is the pieces, the Tetranominoes, can we still call them yeah, that? Yeah, can they legally uh, call this Kingdom Tetris? Isn't that, like, illegal? I don't know. I, I think because it's a game jam and they're not actually selling it, I, I would guess that if they tried to sell this thing, they might change the name of it. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Yeah. Possibly. But anyway, so the pieces that are falling, we won't call them tetranominoes yet, um, anything that you do not put onto your map costs you a life. And you start off with N number of lives, I don't know, I think it's like 8 or 10 or something. Right. And, 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 these, and these pieces are like floating on the left-hand side slowly southward on your screen. Yeah. And so you're having to go left to right, clicking and dragging and dropping the piece in the right slots and Which, building. Yeah, you yeah. can either rotate them with the mouse wheel or right-clicking them. Right. Right. And starting out, it's not bad. It's going relatively slow. Your map space is pretty open. You got time to sort of pick and choose and make the right placements of the land and the buildings and stuff. And then like any good 
Tetris type dame, it starts picking up and it becomes a dame of, okay, well, how quickly can I lay this stuff down? All plans go out the window and you're just trying to lay each track in front of you one at a time as the wheels are turning. As quickly as possible. The big uh, difficulty that I ran into was it was absolutely detrimental to try and put a piece on the right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just that much more real estate. You're having to travel across to place something down. And, yeah. And, and when you get farther into it, it's that much harder to, to rationalize trying to do that unless you have no other choice. But I, I suppose, you know, you, if you create the meta right now, you know, meta says on the slow part, <laughs> you you heavily lean towards rightward facing land and then you go left so you can have all that nice real estate on the left side to do the twit hits. God, but, God forbid your yeah. mouse has a problem moving. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, and I think it takes advantage of people who also have uh, high DPI mice or have their mice set to a high DPI. I'm, I am not one of those. I... I hate to admit it, but I didn't get past level four. <laughs> That's about as far oh. as I got. I would say I'm right there with you. It, it, I like this conceptually. I think it's a neat oh, yeah. twist on the conventional Tetris-style gameplay. Kind of like, uh, what was that tower game where you're like building? It's a multiplayer tower game. Mm. Um, so this kind of reminded me of like Populous, but... With yeah, Tetris. like a Populous or a Civ game, except without the resource management. Wow, I haven't thought about that game in forever. Oh, <laughs> Phil, Phil with the pull from my memory. Digging deep. Oh, yeah, that that was the... Uh, I had it on the Amiga. Yeah, my parents had the Amiga oh, growing wow. up. And uh, so, you know, not that I... I think we're past the statute of limitations here. Uh, we got a lot of pirated games. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a kid, I, I had an uncle that also had an Amiga, and he made like his mission to find, like, you would buy these games in a store, right? And they were these huge boxes as big as books, and they'd have like all the manuals and stuff and the floppy disk. He would take them home, make copies of them, and then return them back to the store. Oh yeah. He he is solely the reason why there was a video game crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, Populous is an interesting uh, comparison. I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I like the idea of this. And it, you know, part of the trouble with this build is that it was just the endless mode, right? They had like a blanked out section for like, I think, a campaign and then mission right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So right. if this thing came to fruition at some point, it, it might be a little bit more forgiving with different mode options. But I think. I think the sort of endless mode is just going to be kind of punishing. And, and maybe if we had spent more time than the hour or so we each played, uh, we would get better acquainted with, like, the best strats to keep it going. Like you said, Alec, start with the right and go left <laughs> or something like that. That's but, what I was trying to do, yeah. 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 It just it, it didn't keep up with me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's... Yep. That, well, that's okay. It's It was a neat thing to try out, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, us being lazy forced us to have an audible on that. So, uh, so that said, uh, that wasn't the beta I planned for, but uh, thanks for tetricizing... Damn it, Daddy. Uh, tetricizing things around for me. 
<laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> effect in college it's because uh no no uh uh-uh. no no i i blame Deddy for this because he, he's the one that wrote this and i didn't do a, a spot check of this but uh you know this is a uh pg-13 show uh we Wait, are so how many fucks do we get <laughs> I, I think i think it's one right and you just burned it dang uh. <laughs> come on alec <laughs> now the rest of our f-bombs are gonna have to be fred savage Mm. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. It is time for the news. Uh, we're actually going to start off with Phil. You provided a fascinating piece of news. Yeah. So I was uh, trolling uh, Reddit like I do sometimes, and um, uh, I saw that uh, some people were uh, griping about uh, the pl- the PlayStation Five DualSense controllers and how you really shouldn't wear a mechanical watch when using the controller. And the theory behind that is the extra powerful magnets that they put in the uh, controller combined with, you know, the speakers and the vibration, all the, all the sensors that they put into the controller could actually mm-hmm. cause uh, interference and actually magnetize uh, the watch. Uh, with a, oh, wow. So with a mechanical watch, there is a, a wound coil and a spring, and that's what uh, provides the movements for the gears and such. And if that becomes magnetized the watch is basically dead in the water. Now, there are ways to demagnetize these, you know, fairly in- inexpensively. So, I mean, it's not like a huge deal unless you, like, put it next to an ultra-high powerful magnet. Of course, having said that, um, the discussions in a lot of the other forums quickly developed into a shitstorm about uh, the science of that. It's all wrong. It's fake news. And, you know, uh, it doesn't, you, you know, the controller doesn't produce nearly as much uh, micro Teslas. Uh, you know, that's the, the measurement of magnetic field, um, mm. you know, enough to cause your watch to be magnetized. And, you know, so uh, there's a lot of debate. But what about my pacemaker? You're right. <laughs> how how close can I get a PlayStation Five controller to my hard drive? Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Honestly, <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I mean, even any of them. Uh, you know, I wear quite a few uh, mechanical watches myself, and I mean the fact that you know you're uh, a laptop. If you're working on a laptop, you got the magnets that are in that guy for the the speakers and whatnot. And I, I have a hard time believing that. Uh, the speakers in a in a laptop would be uh, less powerful than the the ones that they actually put in the the dual sense controllers. I don't know. I haven't measured it, but just something to consider. This is what's going on on the internet, and you know, like Alex said before, you know, if they said it on Reddit, then it must be true. It must be true. <laughs> they can't lie on Reddit. It's against the TOS. <laughs> I've read it. Y- you know, Phil, I- I'm just glad you answered the question for me. Who still wears watches? Oh yeah. Hey, oh. I've got a watch. <laughs> Granted, it's not a mechanical one. I'm part I, uh, of a Facebook this one group. Isn't. You know? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess you're a watch enthusiast. Oh yeah. You, uh, I think. So, did you turn Alex on to that? Because I know that he has a collection of watches too. Yeah, I kind of got him started on that. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, made sense. Big brother influencing younger brother. Oh yeah, the watches, uh, hip hop, video games. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I that that was fascinating. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad we brought it up. And it's uh, you know, it's always funny to hear about like the weird ways technology can interfere with other things. Yeah. You know. All I'm right. sure that they must do some sort of testing on these things. Yeah, I, like I said, it's. I, I don't think that it's actually a thing, but but some people have raised concern, and one or two people said, "Oh yeah, my watch stopped working." Well, I mean, maybe it was from some other source. We don't know. Maybe uh, an overpowered PlayStation Five controller. H- have either of you held one of those yet? No, I have not. No. Okay. Okay. You. You're gonna have to take Alex's sometime when he gets his and uh, and get a feel for it. Though those things look beefy in a way that I, I didn't quite expect when they released them. Mm. All right. Uh, well, next piece of news: uh, Bethesda went out and started teasing an Indiana Jones game. Uh, that seemed out of nowhere to me. I, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that was kind of surprising, and you know, it's been a while since we've seen an Indiana Jones game. You know, most of them I've seen have been out for PC, and with Lucasfilm uh, games, you know, kind of being hit or miss, especially with some of the Star Wars stuff. You know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of uh, wondering: are they going to do the whole like open world 3D kind of thing, or they're going to do a point and click adventure like uh, was it the Pirate Island games? <laughs> yeah, it's so. I feel like Indiana Jones works better with the kind of point to point adventures. Well, I, I guess if you go based off the template of something like Uncharted, right? Because Uncharted is basically Indiana Jones mm-hmm. uh, yeah. removed from the license and, and without a whip and snakes. And this is so, Bethesda we're talking about. Right. Yeah, I mean, Bethesda is an interesting thing because there's Bethesda where they develop the in-house games. And then there's Bethesda where they're the publisher and they're working with a, a developer. And I think this is the latter. So... The question then is, is it an open world kind of thing, large expansive thing, or is it going to be like a scripted narrative focused thing? And I kind of lean the latter. I mean, you think about, they've got the template for Uncharted, uh, the Tomb Raider series when they had their resurgence. I, I would hope they would find a way to freshen it up. I could see a lot of interesting things they could do with the fact that you're going to be carrying a whip around. Uh, but I, I don't know. And that coupled with the fact that they're going to be, they are doing a new Indiana Jones movie, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're currently yeah, with Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a weird juxtaposition too, with it coming out with a new movie, and they are not going to be going with the Harrison Ford likeness. I don't think here. So it's going to be its own thing. I'm curious, although Indiana Jones is a property that I personally don't have a lot of fondness for, but. Uh, I guess we'll see. I'm just glad they're not still going with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Although, what, there's rumors of Chris Pratt reboots? Or yeah, like uh, young-ish Indiana Jones, yep. Or something like that, well, yeah. Well, hell, Chris Pratt, is he's probably not far off from the age Harrison Ford was when the series first started, right? Mm, yeah, that's, that's about mm, right. Probably not. Now, yeah. now I'm going to IMDb I, it. I, I feel like to go to young Indiana Jones, they would need something like, uh, who who does Spider-Man now? Tom Holland. Like, you need like a Tom. Yeah. 
I, and I say that as he's playing yeah. Nathan Drake. <laughs> in Uncharted, yeah. The Uncharted movie. <laughs> so it's like, uh, if you're going for like a baby face kind of look, <clears throat> that that would be what I would think of first. But all right. Uh, while Alex's looking up, uh, what age? Harrison Ford was. This is a selfish plug for me. Stop Pilgrim vs. the World is out. No oh, good. Everybody should play it. Uh, Limited Run yes. Games is coming up with uh, a few physical editions. One is kind of insane with the amount of stuff they have. They have like even like a paper craft stage where the sex bombs are playing awesome. on it. it. Nice. It, it all looks really wild. And even like for someone like me who doesn't have a reference point for the comic. I loved this game when it came out. Oh, like, I, I read the the quote unquote manga. Uh, I've I loved the movie, uh, the game. I had it for three sixty. It was such a fun game. It, it's that perfect kind of old school beat 'em up, but it's got a nice sheen of the pixelated graphics. The soundtrack is bomb. Like it, it is just absolutely. Is it bomb? Yes. <laughs> it, it couldn't be anything else. You know, the movie soundtrack is also really good. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that movie. I just rewatched it last year, and I was surprised that, like, I went into it half expecting to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it was a long time ago that it came out. I was watching it, and I was like, this is still pretty good. Oh yeah, and, right. And you, you rewatch it and, and see some of the people in it now because I rewatched it with uh, some people who hadn't seen it before um, fairly recently, and it's like okay, so it had uh, the uh, it's got Superman, Superman, in it. Captain Marvel, Captain America. Like whoa! Wait, Captain Marvel was in it. Who was she? Uh, she was uh, Ramona Flowers. Was that who she was? No, 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 no. no. Oh. She was the. The, the dude's ex-girlfriend, the one that broke his heart. Oh, okay. Huh. Oh, I can't think of her name. I, I was, that's who I was thinking of, but I just plugged the wrong name in. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, that's awesome. I, I, I don't have the same love for the movie. I, I like the movie okay. I, I'm more in love with, the, like, the soundtrack. The, obviously, like, the they do a good job integrating the kind of game referencing that they do in the comics. I mean, this is this is basically like Ready Player One for video game references explicitly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you know, but like it's that soundtrack. There's so much nice crunchy guitar in it. it, it it's really, really great. Like alt rock. Yeah, the garage band, the garage band sound. You know, Wolf Mother kind of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Let's bump off from that. Uh, Envy so Adams. Lo- that's her name. Brie Larson played Envy Adams. That's oh. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the song they play is really good too. Yeah. Um, uh, Black sheep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, next piece of news. Uh, Lucas- whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. What? Indiana Jones age. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt is a year older than Harrison Ford was when Indiana Jones and. Uh, uh, the Lost Ark was released. Nice. Yeah, I, I think part of it is that uh, Harrison Ford has that just more weathered, chiseled kind of looking face. Yeah, he, oh, he does. Chris, Chris Pratt, even when he's like prime, uh, top shape, he, he still kind of has that kind of uh, rounder face to him a little bit, you know. 
Um, okay, thank you for that update, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so let's keep going. Uh, Lucasfilm has uh, come out with announcements for a new open-world Star Wars game. Uh they announced something. Did they actually release a trailer for this yet, or was it just like a announcement? Or was I the one that posted on this? <laughs> I think you were the one who posted. I okay. I, I didn't recall I know seeing. Nothing. I didn't recall seeing a video about this. The the more kind of interesting note, other than Ubisoft making a game, was that it sort of signals to EA no longer having a monopoly on it, not having Thank an exclusive God. license agreement. About time. Which like yeah it. it I found it silly in the first place that they they did that. I mean, why not cast a wide net and and do what they've done with this property in general, which is horror it out to anybody who wants to make something for it. Uh, but that said, I I'm hoping that. Oh gosh, what kind of open world game do you make with Star Wars? Mm. I mean, outside of an MMO, I don't know. And, I mean, you gotta. Although, actually, though, they've got a lot of stuff. Like, if you made kind of a Mando-style game mm-hmm. where you're working as a part of the guild with as whoever you are, that could work. It sounds very Mass Effect. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's how it works. Star, Star, yeah. Star Wars is one of those things where the second you plant a Jedi in it, it, it becomes more fantastical <laughs> by by leaps well, and bounds, right? I mean, s- some of the games out, out there for Star Wars are basically like third-person shooters where you're just using Star Wars laser guns instead of actual bullets and, and ammunition. Uh, I, I kind of wonder how they would make lightsabers work and, and force powers work in an open-world style game where it didn't... Uh, kind of break things. Well, I mean, if they do an open-style world that isn't necessarily an MMO, I mean, you had similar type things in, uh, like, the Morrowind series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morrowind, that's where if you, like, kept just jumping repeatedly, your jump stat increased. Yeah, I'm sorry, Elder Scrolls and, series. Yeah, Morrowind was the third yeah, one, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you could do crazy things like... Uh, Especially if you made all of these things your secondary skills, you could completely break the game. Oh, yeah. 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 I, hmm. Hmm. I don't know what I want out of a Star Wars game. I, part of my problem is I, I think I'm aged out finally of this stuff. I, the, the more recent movies kind of soured me. <laughs> oh, I love, the, I love the new movies. But, see, I, I'm still struggling with what do I want from a Star Wars game. Because... Like the, there's a part of me that wants I want to do something that's not a Jedi, mm-hmm. but then I know that if that's an option, it's yes, I am a Jedi. It, it's like the old uh, Jedi Knight games, the first person shooters. Right. Yeah. You know, the first two start you off. You don't. You get your lightsaber like halfway through the game, and the third one's like, nope, here's your lightsaber. Go have fun. It's like, yes, this is what I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's. You know, once they hit the Jedi button, it's off to the races, and then you can't go back into that sort of grounded space that things like Rogue One sit in, you know. Uh, and I guess that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out what I'd want. Honestly, I just want another Rogue Squadron. 
that, that's Ooh. what I, want. I was gonna say. Those were yeah, good. I was gonna say if you could get like or like the you know you know the combat of the new one that 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 came out, uh, the you know the 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 space battles. If you could get yourself mm-hmm. into that, no matter what path you chose, that would still be awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I. It's too early to tell. I. The only EA game ones that I want to really touch play and play are. Uh, I heard Battlefront 2's gotten a lot better since launch, and that was on PlayStation Plus. And then there's that Jedi one that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Was it two Fall years? Fallen Order. Fallen Order. I mean, yeah. Technically, it was a year ago, but officially by, it was by, like, by calendar year. <laughs> It, well, no, by calendar year, it's two years ago. It was November okay. 14th of uh, 2019. Okay, all right. Which the only reason I know that is because all this talk has me going to Steam and going, I want to play Jedi Academy again. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, that's a really good way this would work. If they do pull off the whole, like, uh, if they do try to do the, the Bethesda-type thing where it's like, all right, pick your race. You can pick your race of whatever character you want and then it's like all right we'll pick your path you want to be a mandalorian do you want to be a jedi you know do you want to be a sith lord do you want to be a rebel and then you get your job traits and skills that way that would be kind of cool yeah it, yeah it, it would i i just if they're gonna go that way i want them to be really expansive and, and go outside the bounds of what they typically do in movies right because there's one of the great things about Star Wars is that you can kind of create your own stories outside of the Luke Skywalker sort of lineage of stories, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just a boundless universe where you can just say this stuff was unexplored before now. And, oh, here's a new race of this or that, you know. And I would hope if they did a game, they would try to, even if they anchor it in some of the common stuff like Jedis and Mandalorian that they try to take a story arc that reaches outside of the typical arcs they go with. Yeah, John Favreau did it. Yeah, yeah. So th- yeah. there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, we've been, you know, for Alec, you said there wasn't a lot of news this week, but we've we've only yeah. gone through half of it because we've. Been uh, I think that's just because I focused on the first half. I didn't realize there's another section. No, that's okay. Um, We'll do quick hits on this. So, Game Explain, uh, a video game uh, coverage website. Uh, I think they're more of an independent kind of operation. A few former workers came out and said that there were some really bad crunch conditions. One of them specifically talked about staying awake for 48 hours so he could play through the Final Fantasy VII Remake and produce a script and review <laughs> in time for launch. Oh, jeez. Uh, there was talk about some of these people getting paid something along the lines of 550 to 600 a month as a flat rate, no matter how many hours they put in for the month. Of course, which meant like these people were being paid well under minimum wage for their work. Uh, really awful stuff. Um, Jeez. And, and then CD Projekt Red uh, went and promised more, no more crunch. No more crunch, I guess. Uh, I also saw like they threw their uh, testing people under the bus <laughs> on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Phil. What was that? No, I was just kind of scoffing it. You know, it's like no, no. Oh. You know, you can't throw the testing people under the bus. Someone's got to sign off on that. I mean, there's 
ultimately yeah. there's a project manager and people who review the final product. They know you can't just pass the buck on the testers. There's ultimately someone says this is good enough to be released, and then it gets released. Yeah, you, you know the, these kind of articles seem to come out every couple weeks at minimum. Uh, I think just the the industry is an awful place to work. I think that's that's what we're coming down to. And, and like the Dame Explained stuff, you know, part of that is the pressures of an outlet feeling like they need to be first, first. Yep. You know, first out or at least out the same time as everybody else. And so you can kind of throw some blame at Dame Explained, understandably, the management there for fostering an environment where they, they lean too heavily into making sure they do that. But, like, these developers, some of them don't give you hardly any time to play a game before you review it. And you're talking about these huge games, too. Like, CD Projekt Red was one where I think the the embargo was something ridiculous. Like, it was... Yeah. They, they commonly don't give enough time for people to play a game at a decent pace have time to really, like, absorb the game <laughs> before they write the review. Right. And... It's just, it is a systemically broken process, and with the way games are, because it, I don't, I don't think it's too con. Well, I don't want to make a claim. I don't know for sure, but you would think they'd have a, a way to be able to let these people play the stuff long form beforehand. It's awful, and I, screw CD Projekt Red. Uh, Alec, you took my F word away already. So. <laughs> uh, can't, yes! can't go pulling that. <laughs> but, uh, I I have no desire to play Cyberpunk because it looks like a hot mess in spite of the interesting premise and tone of the place. Maybe when it hits 20 uh, bucks on special next year. Yeah, and then by the time they might have made it work acceptably to and, uh, and run on I rem- current Yeah, I remember when... Um, Morrowind, not Morrowind. Wow, I keep going back there. Skyrim, when the dragons would fly yeah. backwards. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's Bethesda being Bethesda, right? Right. I mean, we've already come to assume that Bethesda cannot release something without bugs. Right. It's it's just a given. <laughs> so as I say, I wasn't surprised when this game had as many problems as it did. When you have something this big, a project of that scope, even with yep. you know crunch time and you know all all the money thrown at it, you're going to have these kinds of problems. You, you know the sick thing about Cyberpunk is that it got announced like what six or seven years ago, something insane like that. Yeah, one, one really? of the. One of the articles I ran across said they didn't at start any actual real production on it until like two or three years ago. Dang. I let that idea <laughs> marinate. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you right now, uh, I, I do projects where I work. I would be fired if I, if I slacked off that lawn mm-hmm. and waited until that lawn until we're hitting uh, deadlines like that. But, I think everybody would. Yeah. Holy cow. You know, Phil, you, you mentioned the, the dragons going backwards in Skyrim. My first my first exposure to Skyrim were the mods. Oh, yeah. So you saw YouTube videos of like... Uh, Thomas, Thomas the Train, the yep. And, <laughs> I knew that's where you were uh, going. Ah, ah. Ma- Macho Man Randy Savage. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to look up those YouTube videos later. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just just some final quick hits here. Uh, 
so Mass Effect to Legendary Edition was sort of posted on a few retailer sites for March 12th. That was the uh, trilogy being released for current-gen consoles. Hmm. Uh, new Pokemon Snap. Is that right? April 30th? Oh. I... Hmm. I'm, you know, uh, that, that meme where the guy from L.A. Noir says doubt. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> That's April 30th. Uh, and, and then uh, New Super Mario Brothers 3 was accidentally listed on Nintendo's website. Whoops. So I just double-checked, and Polygon says, yeah, April 30th. Okay. I, for some reason, I was thought, thinking sooner. But uh, I, I guess lumping those together, any thoughts on your guys' end? I would like to play Super Mario Brothers 3 again. <laughs> Well, no, it's new Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, new Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to play that too, and I'll probably play Pokemon Snap. I'm try. I keep trying to find something that I can kind of get my kids into gaming with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and they get so frustrated at everything. Uh, you know, Mario Kart. They're always upset that I'm winning because I refuse to go easy on them. <laughs> sure. Uh, we tried Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, and they just get frustrated that they can't control anything and it's just like what am i supposed to have you play to get into this you just got to keep going we try new super mario brothers nope uh, i know have you tried fortnite oh god oh <laughs> i could tell you for uh, a fact that my boys will certainly enjoy pokemon snap that that is a that's a very nice i think that's gonna be a good entry point alec i mean it's an on rails not shooter it's it's taking photos right so it's it's also very kid friendly in the tone and themes there. I uh, Minecraft has been the real big one at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even for my six year old now, who uh, isn't always the most uh, his his um, the way he interacts with stuff isn't always precise. Right? <laughs> he, he's kind of like a blunt object for some things, which is why their controllers are hot garbage because he. He puts the death grip on him. But mm. uh, Minecraft is one where if you put it in creative mode, uh, it's a good just like I get to build stuff and tinker around with things kind of thing. Right. And Mario Odyssey, uh, sincerely give that a try with your kids and just maybe put it in the assist mode. Cause in I the, didn't know that had an assist mode. It, it does, and it gives them six hits, but also it puts arrows down. So like it helps direct them where to go too. Yeah. I did that. And I feel like they should be able to at least direct the car in Mario Kart before I let them try and control something else. Though they have the assist <laughs> mode in that, too. Well, yeah, they have the assist modes on, and then they're always like, how come I'm always in last place? I don't the, know. The, the assist mode is a crutch, because you can't do any of the shortcuts. Right. <laughs> right. And then Dad just wallops them. Mm-hmm. I don't even take the shortcuts. The big boost I get is from uh, those blue sparks, baby. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm skipping whatever this outro Daddy had. Uh, sorry, Daddy. <laughs> we're, we're, we had an elongated news session. We're going to be right back with some backlog blog. Backlog blog. Woof. Be right back. Easy for you to say. <laughs>
We're back. Uh, back with the Backlog Blood, where we play games that we should have played years ago. Uh, also, a game that I kind of claimed that I actually played and lied about last time. <gasps> I, you know, I, I did that explicitly to troll Alex, and I'm pretty sure he didn't bother listening to it. So, so, <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. Um, but uh, thanks to Andre, who spurred me on to that, and uh, I, I made an attempt. And, you know, weirdly enough, I wasn't far off on all of it. So let's let's start with that. We we played Undertale. <laughs> we played Undertale for real this time. Alec, was this your first time playing Undertale? Uh, for the large part, yeah. I had played a little bit before I got to, like, uh, Undyne, and then I was just like, uh, I've got other games that I want to play. Mm-hmm. Phil, have you time. played Undertale? I have, and I, I played it for like uh, an hour, and this was a long time ago when like when it uh, first came out, and um, I mean I dug it. It just it was one of those moments where I had a lot of other games to really get to, but as a fan of the uh, Earthbound series or the Mother series, um, yeah, I really did enjoy it. Okay, okay, uh, so let let's start with. Uh, Gosh, <laughs> for, for, for a small game, like you, you could take this in a few different directions, right? Uh, Phil, I, I haven't played any Earthbound Mother games. This this makes me want to at least maybe try the first oh, Earthbound. Oh, you are missing oh, out yeah. not having played yeah. Mother. Because like, the, the combat, or at least like the, the writing is really irreverent in this, uh, and it's it sort of... It's, it's weirdly cryptic in a lot of places, too. Uh, oh, yeah, and Earthbound has that in space. Oh, yeah, like, you, yeah. If you play Earthbound, you'd be like, oh, that's where they got this whole, you know, this whole shtick from. And, you know, the, mm. you'll see it set up like, oh, they do this again in Undertale. These undertones and the jokes and, and the writing, it's all very similar. Right, yeah. it's from I had heard that it takes heavy inspiration from that. I mean, uh, yeah, in Earthbound, the first your first four towns are Onnet, O-N-E-T-T, mm-hmm. Tucson, Threed, <laughs> and Forside. Nice. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, so I, I guess the, the backdrop for the story in this is that there's sort of a war between humans and demons. Demons sort of... Uh, get pushed back to under the surface uh, and, and humans live on the surface you are this human child that finds their way under the surface in the land of monsters and you're basically trying to find a way out and you're told that there's this date you know that, that you can go try to find and really that part of the story isn't as pronounced and focused it's really more focused on character interactions a lot of the way so like you know you, you got the sanses you got the papyruses and I, I mean what was your impression guys of some of the characters in this game they are fantastic so over the top and it's just i even going back through it like i said i had gotten to undyne the first time i played it and started over this time and Going through all the shenanigans with Undyne or with uh, Sands and Papyrus, it's just like it just makes you smile. It's fun. Mm-hmm. They they really do have like uh, 
like any good duo, they've got the straight man, you know, Sans. Although he, he even has like some snark to him in his right. Oh yeah. And, and then Papyrus is is the manic person that plays off of him and. Like, the whole joke about Papyrus being super serious about finding a human and bringing the human to the cane <laughs> in order to fulfill his grand plan, but also, like, uh, Sans being kind of like, just humor him. <laughs> it's, it, it's just, it's top-notch stuff. It, it's really good. And the whole sequence at the start where, like, you're going through the different supposed traps that Papyrus is setting. Oh, up, yeah. It, it just great, great use of like game gamifying these kind of jokes it, it this game does a great job of using the medium of video games to tell jokes and, and to speak to things right uh i would say that's like the biggest achievement of this game more than anything is its ability to try to like use the gameplay to tell part of the story and so, Alec, did, oh, did, yes. you, did you go the pacifist route? I did. Okay, okay. Uh, and the the main reason I did is I've admittedly seen what the second-to-last fight looks like if you don't. Oh, boy. Which one was that? Uh, the Well, the, it, the it's king? been out long enough. We can be spoilers. No, the one with Sans where he judges you. Oh, okay. I... If... You go if you don't go the pacifist route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is hellaciously difficult. You just get stopped so hard. Yeah, it's pretty Man, brutal. That... I've seen it. I've seen the battle on YouTube. Like I said, I've only played the game for yep. like an hour or so, and like I said, I enjoyed it and all the mini games and stuff. But I certainly didn't go pacifist route, so I would have been dreading that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I had the benefit of playing this so far removed from when it came out that I couldn't fall into that trap. Uh, you know, I, I got so many forewarnings. Hartwood played this, and he was told to go with the pacifist route. Uh, Alex, you know, was saying, oh, do the pacifist route. And I figured, like, well, there must be something more satisfying about that. And it did allow me to miss the Sands fight, but I did not get the pacifist ending. Do, uh, and do you know why you didn't? Because there's some conversations and stuff you need to do between <laughs> the start and end. It's not just not killing anybody. Like, there's yeah. specific actions you have to take. And, it and really... I think it's mostly involved with calling these people that you now have their cell phone numbers for. Yeah, it, it's, it's stuff like that. You need to talk to, I think, a few characters uh, certain times. You need to go on a date with Papyrus. Yep. Which I, I did do that. I uh, did. Did you cook with uh, Undyne? Mm, no, I did yeah. not cook with Undyne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I, I did a little poking around after I got done playing because, like any good game, that sort of sticks with me for a bit. I kind of want to chew all the meat off the bone and like little little things are really interesting. The kind of details, like the spider boss. You remember her? Yes. She apparently has a few vendor shops before you reach that point. Yeah, with the obscene price points on it. From what I read, the first one's not so bad, but like the latest one right before her is absurd. But I, I thought I read that if you buy something from her, you don't have to fight her. Um, also, I mean, you just have to, as long as you donated at the beginning mm-hmm. in the ruins... 
you eventually get saved from her anyway. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, it's th- those little details are are just pretty great. And Yeah. You know, everything is sort of cryptic, like I just said before, with its actual direct storytelling. Uh, you reach the king at the end, and he's he's almost a sympathetic figure because <laughs> it's it's yep. it's clear that he's not wanting to go through with this, but he just feels the gravity of sort of fate pulling you to him and needing to have this confrontation. And so I I I doubt bodied several times fighting that thing. <laughs> oh, me too. And. An interesting detail, because like any other part of the game, the first thing you do is try to find out, is there a route to do this without killing him, right? Because you've been mm-hmm. beaten over your head, you have to be pacifist, but there are certain bosses you have to outright kill. And, and the team's one of them, I think. But No. No? The true pacifist ending does not have you kill the king. No, come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I. But you have to, it's in that fight, you have to do everything right up to that point mm-hmm. and then um uh, papyrus has called everybody and even toriel swines up at the chamber and like subverts the fight as soon as it starts interesting yeah all right well <sighs> try harder <laughs> i well i mean try harder to me is going to be looking up the other endings on youtube because <laughs> yeah. i I enjoyed this game, but it's also for me it's a one-time experience. I, I don't, I don't necessarily feel value in playing through the same story beats just to find a different ending on something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a cool detail with the king where every time you die, if you try to talk to him, it says something like, "You asked him, have you been killed X amount of times." And then he he nods solemnly. So it's like you're on this infinite loop of <laughs> fighting the chain until you actually break the cycle, which uh, was kind of an interesting twist on things. Uh, well, same thing with uh, if you go the uh, the murder route. Uh, every time you talk to Sands to start that judgment, mm-hmm. he uh, he says something like, "Oh, you've been through this blah 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 times before." Yeah. Yeah, and Just, even the final boss, Flowey, is that yep. his name? Mm-hmm. Like, that, obviously, just the insanity of the way he looks, right? Well, it, it's not actually Flowey, though. Okay, I'm done Spoilers. talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, it's the king's son. Yeah, I, I'm I'm done. I'm, I, I liked it for what it was. I never want to think about it again after I look up the endings on on youtube <laughs> so let's uh let's pivot here uh alex you and i have both been playing hollow knight as well oh yes and uh i'm gonna let you take the lead on this conversation so it took me a little bit to i still feel like i don't actually know what the hell is going on in hollow knight you start off as this character in a mask i didn't even realize you all were bugs until probably 20 minutes into the game. Hollow Knight's the original butt snack. (laughs) You go to this abandoned, dying town, and you start heading down and finding other bugs along the way. It's a lovely Metroidvania callback with uh, some heavy 
platforming elements. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. I, I am I am impressed with how good this game feels. All the all the motions pretty fluid. Uh, just one of the things in Castlevania is that when you throw an attack at somebody, you stop moving. Oh yes. Right. And, and that that kind of pause. It's something I forgot about until I did Bloodstained, and Bloodstained had that, and I thought this doesn't feel right. But I went back. Outside of like uh, Symphony of the Night, yeah, that's how Castlevania feels. Mm-hmm. And well, Symphony of the Night is when you say a Metroidvania, that's the Vania they're talking. Exactly. About. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But this this game feels great. It, it, it the, it's fluid in motion. They use the tools that you give very well both in the uh action of fighting people but also in how yes. you in how you use it to open up new areas so like i uh, it t- i just figured out this afternoon that you can down strike spikes to jump on them yes <laughs> that's what i was just about to say <laughs> and it it took me a, a couple tries before i i got to a place where like there's some uh almost like big worm type things with spikes on it Yep. I was like a bit, okay, what the hell am I supposed to do here? And then I I didn't know what to do. I, I jumped and died a few times. And then I, <laughs> I, tr- I tried that, and I was like, oh, it's like DuckTales. <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have to do the podoing around and stuff. Oh, yeah. and yep. It's just uh, that's a great detail about it. The character designs are great. Oh, it's oh, a beautifully rendered amazing. game, absolutely. The the backdrops are beautiful. They, they use the... So there, there's hardly any color in this game. It's mostly tones of black and white with some other earth tones, and certain areas will have more Some green more gradient stuff. of color. But it, it's all very, except for muted. things that glow. Yeah, yeah muted. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it the, the designs of the characters too. They're all very distinct. Which isn't always the case with some of these Metroidvania games. Some of them use kind of samey designs, or just, right, and it's just a recolor of a previous enemy, and, or something. And, like exactly. That. But e- each of these zones, they've got their own distinct enemy types. Uh, they all have their own different patterns you have to account for. It's it's all very. It it, it does the best stuff of two D platformers with that. Oh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. The hardest thing for me with this has been being patient because mm-hmm. I, in Metroid, in Metroidvanias, I very much use my health as a resource to get hit, and go past. <laughs> yeah, I damage boost all over the place. Right. And right. here, that's that's not going to fly. No, it's it's not an option. You might be able to work around some of the the sort of the trash mobs. But you get to these points where, it, it, even if it's not a boss, there will be, like, bigger enemies or, or different, larger-type bugs. Well, yeah, and what that, uh, in the deep hollow, you've got, or the deep nest, you've got that one that's got the mask on it that does the triple attack. And I, yes. Holy hell, is that hard to kill. Yeah, I just went around that damn thing. I was like, I'm just going to go up instead of to the side as I, I I think I ran to that brick wall two or three times and died before and, and th- yeah. there, are, there are a few of those where it's like what the hell is this pattern or or you feel like there's no real way to get around it 
but but you do get around it eventually. It's it's one of those beating your head against the walls until it sticks kind of things. Uh, yep. I, well, and what's really funny is that you and I have taken drastically different routes with this game so far. Really? Well, I I got I just got the dream nail. Mm-hmm. I have I've explored most of. Uh, deep nest but haven't fought the spider boss Mm -hmm. i don't have the double jump i don't have the super dash but i've explored like the major areas see that that's wild to me because one thing i feel distinctly about this game is that it does that thing where things are gated off to you until you get the right upgrade to move forward and there are parts of this game where i don't know how you got around that without having the dash or the or the uh, double jump like i'm trying to think yeah there's there's a couple of them where i went through them and realized that i entered in a way i wasn't supposed to because after i had explored like a huge chunk of it i finally ran into uh carniferous Okay. Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, this is the wrong entrance." <laughs> did Did you find at least the uh, the wall climb, the wall jump? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, so that's... so that that does give you enough leverage in some spots to be able to kind of finagle your way around. So yeah. Once uh, once I got the wall jump, it was just okay. I'm going wherever I want now. Mm-hmm. But without the dash, there's some bosses I don't think I could have gotten through. Well, without so the I dash. got the regular dash, but I haven't gotten the super dash yet. Oh, okay. I, I the one have... that lets you get through those like black bars of energy. Okay, I also have not done that then yet. All right. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> not as much diverge as you thought. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that you have to find the map owner to be able to open up new pieces of map? That kind of that, that's kind of frustrating actually because it's it's really nice that once you do find him you don't have to re-explore everything right it's just automatically outlined but it's mm. just like like that one where i went through the wrong entrance and i had explored like the whole area it's like oh there you are damn it <laughs> yeah i i don't think i ever into the same problems you have i mean there were a few sessions where I mean, Kelly and I are streaming this an hour a, a week, and okay. th- there are spots where I definitely felt like I was pawing around trying to find him and, and not finding him and sort of walking around like you until you find him too late. But uh, for the most part, I've gotten fortunate enough to run into him early enough to be able to unlock stuff. And And the thing about this game, too, is that if you take things slowly and methodically for the most part until you get to a boss you can usually sort of paw your way through without killing yourself too frequently either. The worst part is when you do kill yourself and you don't have a map. Yes. <laughs> Although I th- they do show, like, the black eyes where your soul's at, right? Yeah, but I can't yeah. always remember how I got to there. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't say it was a, uh, a panacea for your problem. <laughs> Just that <laughs> like, at least you're giving, like, a divining rod direction. Yeah. Go, right. Yeah. Uh, Phil, we've been... Uh, dabbing this whole time. Have you played Hollow Knight? No, and I can't think of a really good reason as to why I haven't. I I, I was kind of the same way. Like it was it was something that I knew was it's an indie darling that like the critics love, and it was something that I just put on the back burner, thinking, okay, 
someday I'll get around to that. It sounds good. I'll put it on my wish list, whatever. And then it ended up being a PlayStation Plus game, I think. Yeah, because that's where we're playing it at. I didn't pay for it. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're if you hankering for a Metroidvania, I, I can't recommend it enough. It, it's beautiful. It plays good. Uh, minor quibbles about map unlocking aside, I... I I have a hard time not saying it's one of the better one of these. No, it looks fantastic, and I do enjoy a good Metroidvania, that's for sure. And then the sequel is coming out as well. Yeah, and it's starring the best character in the game, a Hornet. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I had a hard time with that boss, but she is undeniably like the most distinct, cool boss so far. You know, it, the that... Uh, that whole sequence where you're fighting her, she's so quick and zippy. And How many times have you fought her? Oh, I think... I probably at least fought her. Oh, you mean like there are separate battles in Hollow Knight? Yeah. Only yep. once so far. Uh, you have the nail, right? The dream nail? Yes, I do. Do not kill the dreamer in deepness until you fight her a second time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I, I ran into her twice, but I didn't fight her the second time. Yeah, the, there's a second fight in uh, the pl- the area that has the capital. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I need to go back to explore that area. Okay. Uh. So, yeah, couple of great games, one better than the other. IMO. Uh. But. <laughs> That said, let's move on to one last thing. Uh, just uh, something to close the show with. Final thoughts. Let's close the book. Uh, let's start with Phil. Uh, so one, my one last thing is I'm looking forward to having a uh, relatively quiet weekend so I can get some uh, time in on uh, Indivisible. I started playing recently, and I'm really enjoying that. Indivisible. That sounds familiar. A uh, side-scrolling, uh, an RPG-type uh, game that's very similar to... Oh, that uh, game. Yeah, we, we played the beta of that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, it reminds yeah. me a lot of Valkyrie Profile, which I also really loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that was the common reference point. It's, it's, it's very pretty, too. Oh, yeah. Alec, how about you? Well... Uh, I, I do hope to actually figure out what is going on in Hollow Knight this weekend and, you know, play more Deep Rock. Of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> D- Deep, Rock is, Deep Rock is to you what Smash Brothers and Rocket League is to me, it sounds like. Just yeah, sort of oh. your, your ongoing, I'm going to dump a ton, ton of time in this game. and I still up. look at my time played every day. Well, not every day, but and I'm just absolutely aghast. I, I can't think of anything I've put over 100 hours into. Oh, well, you know, life well wasted, I guess. Absolutely. Rock and stone. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, uh, just quickly, we are going to start Kingdom Hearts Shattered Memories? No. Chain of Memories? Chain of Memories. Shattered Memories is a Silent Hill game. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start Kingdom Hearts uh, Chain of Memories tomorrow, uh, Saturday. I'm going to make it a longer chunk of time because we'll never get through this damn series if I don't play in longer stretches. God help me. <laughs> there is no God here. <laughs> only man? Only man. Known? No, what is it? No God, only man? No daughter kings, only man. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Would you kindly lead us out? God damn it. <laughs> and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. 
Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGGRadio and Twitch.tv slash SuperGGRadio where Phil's driving around. Where you hate, you're playing some Hades recently? Playing some Hades. Uh, I play racing games. Uh, just trying to get into some dancing games too wherever I can. Very nice, very nice. Alec, Alec's on his bullshit. He's playing more Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, Always. I'm, I'm going to be joining as I can because it, it is a fun game. It is a fun game. And thankfully, you're okay with carrying people. So, <laughs> it, uh, you know, I got some real uh, Jeff Force Gemini vibes sometimes in that game. Just with all, oh, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah, the, all the bugs. Yeah, all the bugs. And it's it gets frantic at sometimes. Uh, there's a new update coming out with bigger enemies. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, I am, of course, playing Hollow Knight. I am playing Kingdom Hearts for some reason. Uh, and Heartwave, I think, is streaming every Friday. It's been sort of off and on CRPGs. We're try- trying to get him to play Metal Gear Rising and-, and-, and close the books on the Metal Gear Solid series for him. But uh, we'll see how soon he gets back to that. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Good game, Phil. Good game, Joel. Good game, Alec. Good game, Alec. Good game, Joel. Good game, Phil. Thank you both for joining us this evening and pinch hitting for uh, the slackers I usually talk to. Absolutely. I I enjoy being on. Me too. (laughs) Well, you know you're welcome anytime. Take it easy, guys. You too. Have a good night, people in Radio Land.